Good morning, everyone. My name's Tom. I'm an elder here at East Shore Baptist Church. Thank you for the blessing, honor, and privilege of sharing this morning. I'd like to start by sharing with you three stories from the year 2020. Now, before you go, oh gosh, I'd rather not hear. Let give it a, give it a second. Um, first story: One of our church members established a relationship with a local shop owner. She went on a regular basis for her needs and established a communication relationship with him. One day it was a slow afternoon, and he said, you know, despite the challenges of 2020, business has been good. And she said, you've been blessed. And I don't know if he ever thought of it that way. And he said, yeah, I guess I have. To which she said, do you know how you can be really blessed? And then in a very caring and calm and friendly way, she shared about a relationship with Jesus Christ. The shop owner listened and said, thank you for sharing that. I've never heard it explained that way. Something for me to think about. And then she followed up later by giving this person a gift and a gospel of John. So now he's not only heard the gospel, but he has a chance to read it. Story number two, one of our church members works in a cubicle with two other co-workers, phones ringing incessantly. The two co-workers practice a homosexual lifestyle, not with each other, but with other partners. They were lamenting to each other that their family was looking down on them and felt the family was judging them and treating them unfairly for their life choices. They asked our church member, what do you think? Our church member had been praying for this opportunity for a long time, fired up a flare prayer to God, took a deep breath and shared with them and did not get into a conversation about homosexuality, but shared with them about what really matters is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then that relationship dictates our lifestyle choices. And they appreciated the way it was shared. Story number three. One of our church members had been talking to a relative for many, many years about God. And finally they were convicted and they said to their relative, you know, I'm always talking to you. I've never just shut up and asked you. Do you have any spiritual beliefs? And they had the deepest conversation they'd ever had in 10 years. Those are the stories of 2020 that I'm going to remember. Those are the stories I'm going to remember. I know there was social unrest, and I know there was a pandemic. And you may be sitting here thinking, Tom, we need a sermon on perseverance and staying obedient and hope. And and you'll get that. You'll get that from God's word. But you're also going to get a challenging command, not a challenging ask, not a challenging request, Not a challenging pretty please, but a challenging command from God's word. From God's word. Not from Tom, but from God's word. You see, guys, to be a true disciple, you have to be willing to share the greatest gift in the world, and that is about a relationship in Jesus Christ. You have to be invested in someone and willing to open your mouth and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's at the very core of East Shore Baptist Church. It's what we do, and it's where we're going as a church. It fits in perfectly with our church mission statement, right? Glorifying God by uh, modeling Christ, extending his love, building his church. So you see the title of the sermon I want you to be thinking for these next few minutes about someone that the Lord is laying on your heart 
someone that has burdened you for a long time that you really, really know that they need Christ and that he can change their lives and you want them to be with him eternally one day. So be thinking about that as we go on. Now, of course, we're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is it about the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that changes everything? That changes everything. So, in the next few, if you're here and you don't know what the gospel is or you don't have that relationship, please listen really, really closely because this will change your life, both eternally and now. If you're here and you are a believer, you please also listen because this might be one way that you want to learn to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because after all, if we can't share what we believe, what are we doing here? Now, it's just one way. It's not the only way, okay? So this is called the relationship model. Jack, you can bring that up. This is called the relationship model, and Tom likes it because Tom is a simple guy, and it goes boom, 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 boom. So we were created, here's the gospel, we were created to have a relationship with him. Colossians 1.16, all things were made through him, by him, and for him. It's the reason you're on this earth, is to have a relationship, to talk to him every day. Every morning his arms are wide open saying, come on, let's talk. Second point, we can't have that relationship because of what we've done. Every person in this room is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. So every priest, every pastor, every rabbi, every parent, every person is a sinner. And if that was the end of the story, what a lousy life this would be. But praise God, the gospel goes on. Because the third point is, we can have a relationship, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that verse I said earlier, 623, for the uh, wages of sin are death, there's a comma and the word but, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a relationship we can have because of what he's done. And lastly, folks, it's a relationship every individual must choose. Your mom and dad can't save you. Your church can't save you. Your pastor can't save you. Your religion can't save you. Heaven knows the government can't save you. And here's a surprise, perhaps for some of you, even your good deeds can't save you. You have to repent from your sins, turn away from your sins, confess them to God, And then believe that he died on the cross for you and receive him into your heart. That is the gospel. And that's why we're here. So, how do we share that? How do we share that with others? Well, what was one thing that Jesus did when he shared the gospel? Well, one thing he did is he got some willing helpers. So to help us get started, we're going to look at a passage from uh, the Gospel of Matthew. You can either look at it on the screens or you can look at it in your Bible. Or if you want to use the Red Bible in front of you, it's on page 510. So if you're physically able, let's stand and look at Matthew 4. And we're going to do 18 through 22. If you're physically able, please stand in honor of God's Word. And I'm going to read from the screen Matthew 4, 18 through 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. 
They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Next slide, please. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Let me pray. Dear God, for these next few minutes, please clear our minds of all distractions. And in a godly way, burden us with that one person that we're going to share with in 2021. Even if we've never done it before, we believe in the power, we believe in the command, and we believe you'll help us do it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Thank you. Have a seat. Have a seat. All right, so, so Jesus just walks up to these guys and says, come follow me. He did it all wrong, folks. Jesus did it wrong, he said facetiously. Because this is how it's supposed to happen, all right? In the, in the Jewish towns, all the Hebrew boys would be gathered at the age of five. And they'd be brought in front of the rabbis. And the rabbis would put drops of honey on their tongue. Now, lots of these kids were poor. So they had never tasted honey before. Can you imagine the rush going through them? And the rabbis would say, do you, do you, do you see how sweet that is? That's what the word of God will be to you. And so they would school them for the next five years until the age of 10. And then it was a weaning out process. And at the age of 10, those who had an inclination for memorizing and learning the Torah, they would continue in school and the rest were sent home to help their families with their business or trade, whatever it was. They were schooled for another seven years, and then as young men at the age of 17, there was another weaning out process because now the young men, they had to go find a rabbi that would allow them to sit, to sit under him, literally to sit under him and learn. And the rabbis would interview and interrogate and find out if they were worthy enough students to learn God's word and to be under them. So let, let that just, and then after several years later, if they were fortunate, they might get selected from some additional religious duties, okay? So let that sink in. When Jesus Christ wanted to share the life-giving news of the gospel around the world, he chose the B team, right? He didn't choose the educated, the learned, the influential, the powerful men. No, he just went and got two regular fishermen and said, come follow me. You see, Jesus doesn't focus on our ability, but on our availability. In fact, people with a lot of talent usually just get in the way. They run their mouths too much, they don't listen, and they lean on themselves instead of leaning on God. It's weak people like Tom, like you, that God wants to use. You've heard this saying before, and the reason you've heard it is because it's true. God does not call the equipped, he equips the called. Let me say it again. God does not call the equipped, he equips the called. Guys, have you made yourself available to Jesus to share the gospel? All right, everybody, grab your outline if you will, please. Your outline looks like this. If you don't have one, raise your hand and one will be brought to you. I'm sure one of the deacons will help you out. This is your outline. 
Now, for folks online, we didn't have, I don't think we had a midweek email this uh, week, so, so you may not have this, but it's very simple, just three questions with three fill-ins, so you'll be able to replicate that on a piece of paper at home. What you folks at home won't be able to replicate is this number one that Tom made. Uh-huh. Get it? Who's your one? Number one. This is high computer graphics here, and you probably won't be able to duplicate it because it involves a ruler and a Sharpie. So, that, that my middle name is technology. All right. So, number one on your fill-ins. Number one, to follow him, we have to leave all. The red letter words are your fill-in. We have to leave all. Because we read in the scripture where it says, at once they left their nets and followed him. This is really cool. One, one Bible commentator put it this way. He, he looked at the boat and he looked at their father. So they left their boats, right? They got out of their boats. That could represent our comfort zones, right? It could represent our careers, our situation in life, who we are, what we do. It's our comfort zone. If you're going to share the gospel with somebody, most of you are going to have to get out of your comfort zone. They also talked about their father. They left their father, For some of you, you're going to have to think about some of the most significant human relationships in your life and do those relationships hinder you from sharing the gospel with others. To follow Jesus, he has to take precedence over being comfortable and over family. Now listen, most of you will probably not lose your family members if you become an avid believer, follower, and sharer of the gospel. But some of you might. Or for some of you, it might at least become strained. I know it did for me. I've been there. There's nothing like having a loved one in your life say they're embarrassed by you and your newfound faith in Jesus Christ. But here's the truth. There's going to be moments in your life when you have to decide what holds greater sway over your life. Your birth family and your relatives or Jesus who created you and died for you. Again, to follow him, you have to be willing to leave all. Comfort, family, fear, whatever. You have to be willing to leave that. Number two, number two on your fill-ins. He commands us to spiritually reproduce. Spiritually reproduce. The scripture we read said, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Or perhaps you're more used to the other translations. I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. We have, this is an essential part of being a disciple, right? It's not only something Pastor John does or church leadership. All of us, it's something each of us is commanded to do. There's no such thing as a non-reproducing disciple. So how do you prove you're a disciple? You have to bear fruit. Jack, would you put the next slide up? We read this as our offertory verse. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. Guys, if you're claiming to be a believer, and Pastor John preached on this a couple weeks ago, there has to be evidence in your life of a changed heart, right? If you're not willing to be obedient and and have a daily quiet time and be willing to share the gospel, not being judgmental, just telling you that you have reason to question whether you're a disciple at all. If you just outright refuse or are apathetic about sharing God with someone else, there's reason to question. That's between you and God. 
Again, sharing the gospel is not about a program. It's about individual people like you and me. This one guy wrote this book. Robert Coleman wrote this book, The Master Plan of Evangelism. He wrote it way back in 1978, which is a long time ago. I was still in high school. But let's look at the. Even then, he knew what it was. Let's look at this great quote. When will the church learn this lesson? Preaching to the masses, although necessary, will never suffice in the work of preparing leaders for evangelism. Nor can occasional prayer meetings and training classes for Christian workers do this job. Individual women and men are God's method. God's plan for discipleship is not something, but someone. I love it. Not something, but someone. Okay, I've given you two spiritual reasons that you should share. You need to leave all, and you need to spiritually reproduce. And that should be enough to convict you to talk to your one in 2021. But if you need another reason, a more human-feeling reason, how about to avoid extreme guilt and remorse? Extreme, that's not on your fill-in, to avoid extreme guilt and remorse. What are these, guys? These are the obituaries. Now, for years, this didn't mean anything to me, and I never looked at them. And then I got to a certain age where I would at least glance at the last names because it might have been um, parents of my high school buddies or something like that. Um, and then eventually it started to be high school buddies, and then it was my parents. And a few years ago, my family thought maybe I was going to be on here. My point is, your loved ones, this, this is inevitable. For everyone in this sanctuary, this is inevitable. And these are people that you love and you care about. But when I get to the ones I love and I care about, I look at their picture and I read their little thing. Mm, boy, how about that? And then I turn the page. There's no other option, right? You have to go on. But I want to make sure that you do not turn the page on a loved one without the knowledge that you tried to share about eternal life with them, okay? So, so I'm, guilt and remorse are not great motivators. I'm just being real with you. This is a devastating thing, to have a loved one pass away and for you to have the knowledge that you didn't even try. So, please, identify your one in 2021. There's another book called Sharing Jesus Without Fear by William Fay. And he says that the most prevalent sin of modern-day Christians, it's not addictions, it's not gossip, but the most prevalent sin is the sin of silence. 90% of the modern-day church has never shared the gospel with another person or even tried. If that's you, we are hoping and praying and trying to encourage you to make that end in 2021. In 2021, again, this isn't Tom, this is God's word. Don't let sharing the gospel intimidate you, right? Draw on God's word. Who knows John, uh, 1 John 4, 4? Greater is he that is yeah, in me than he that is in the world. You can do it. You can do it, and we've got some things to help you, okay? So the Southern Baptist Convention put together this wonderful program. Oh, let me start with this, called Who's Your One? Who's your one? And this is the, the SBC newspaper. And they, they came out with this in 2019. They even had a tour that went around the United States promoting this program. 
In addition to that, they put together these really cool kits, and they sent these kits to churches, and inside the kits were, uh, what do you call these things, thumb drives? Or is that old school? I don't know what they're called, but uh, thumb drives or whatever. And they would have all these sermons on them and evangelism ideas and all sorts of things like that. And there were posters, which I've already hung up. Um, This is just a blank journal. And by the way, I have three of these. And so I'm going to give them away today. And all I did was look at, uh, I saw three people have birthdays on January 12th. So Melissa F., Jeff G., And Olivia S., come up here after church and get your free birthday journal, okay? Um, That's for you. So so this came out in 2019, Tom. Why are we doing it in 2021? Well, we had just finished a series of evangelism classes, and um, Tom just didn't have enough bandwidth to try to kick something else off, and and it just wasn't happening. And then, so it sat on my shelf at home for two years. And I kept looking at it, and I kept looking at it. And, and then I realized it was 2021. I said, who's your one in 2021? Huh? See, it kind of rhymes, kind of goes. But the real reason is, I think it was God's timing. Uh, I was walking with an older gentleman from my church. He's really old, so I won't say his name. Don't want to embarrass him, Stan Smith. So we're walking along, and uh, this, this older gentleman says, you know, Tom, there is a culture of evangelism here at East Shore Baptist Church. There is a cluster of folks here who are sharing on a regular basis. And I think God's timing was perfect because what we hope this does, who's your one, will get those who aren't yet involved, those who aren't yet doing it. And so God's timing is perfect. Again, the whole big idea of this is every Christian is to ask the Lord to put one unbeliever upon their heart and then to love that one by sharing the gospel. I mean, think about it. In the Gospel of John, we find out that Andrew saw Jesus, believed in Jesus, heard Jesus, and he went and got his one. Now, how many other people Andrew influenced in his life? I have no idea. But he went and got his brother, Simon, who Jesus renamed Peter, who affected thousands of people with God's truth. Everyone just has to do their one. Now, at this point, you might have a couple questions. Well, Tom, what if I have more than one? And I hope you do. I sure do. But folks, we're trying to break this down and make it small. Small victories, right? Little steps. So I'm not telling you to stop praying for your list of unsaved friends and relatives. But I am asking you to ask God to give you just that one. The one who most needs a change in their life. The one who is most on your heart. Another question you might have is, does it have to be face-to-face? this sharing the gospel. Well, that's the best way. That's absolutely the best way. But in today's world, we're often separated from the person who God has put on our heart. So of course that can't be face-to-face. But you know what it can be? But you're going to have to be intentional. It can be Zoom. It can be email. It can be text. It can be a phone call. It can be a letter. It can be a lot of things. But you're going to have to be intentional to keep that relationship going and to build it and build it until God gives you the perfect opportunity to ask the question. And then you'll have one of the deepest discussions of your life. My bottom line, distance is not an excuse. Distance is not an excuse. So how does evangelism start? Does it start with a a well-thought-out gospel presentation? Well, that's important to be sure, but that's not how it starts. Does it start with a person who has a lot of passion? 
Well, that's important, but that's not how it starts. It all starts with prayer. It all starts with prayer and the movement of the Holy Spirit. Now, here at East Shore Baptist Church, you can go to the next slide, Jack. We've come up with this one, two, three prayer. With one, two, this is on your fill-in, please. Um, We pray for an opportunity to share the gospel. And then we ask God for the wisdom to see that opportunity. And lastly, for the courage to take that opportunity for your one, for your one. Now, if you don't like that prayer, that's fine. Make whatever prayer you want. The point is you should be asking God every day for opportunities. Now, I know that's your last fill-in. Don't put away your pens because you're going to need them at the end of the service, okay? Folks, there are 5,200,000 Southern Baptists that go to church every Sunday. If just 10% of them shared the gospel with one person, that would be 500,000 or half a million potential new believers. Imagine if everybody in here shared with one who came to Christ and all these chairs would be full and there'd be people online more and more and more. Again, church leadership, we are not asking you to make this a New Year's resolution, right? Wade talked about that last week. In fact, Wade used the word promise. Love it. Another good word is commitment. Commitment. There's nothing more important. And when you finally do share that first time and you realize, oh my gosh, what a blessing this is, then while your heart, heart is hot for soul winning, the Lord will give you another one. And it just goes on and on and the blessings continue. Now, When you share with your person in 2021, we want you to let us know. Let church leadership know because we want to encourage and celebrate together. You guys see our bulletin, right? Every single week we have examples in there of people in our church who have shared the gospel. Do you know what that's for? That's not for this. It has nothing to do with the people who shared it. If you look at that, you see we work very hard to say, This member, this member, we don't even identify the gender because it's not about them. It's about the people they shared with and it's about encouraging and perhaps convicting many of you others to share the gospel and look for opportunities. Someone told me, well, Tom, I share all the time. I just don't tell you. You know, I love you, but that's misguided modesty, okay? It's, it's, it's not about you. We need you to share when you have those moments so that we can encourage others. Encourage others. So, all right, Tom, you're going to walk the talk. Then who's your one, Tom? Who's your one? So I've been planning this sermon for a while, and I, and I asked God to give me my one. And he gave it to me. And being the spiritual, mature person that I am, I said... Can I have a different one? Because the one he gave me is so hard. And, and is so hard. But he wouldn't take that person off my heart. He wouldn't take that person off my heart. So again, being the spiritual mature person that I am, I responded to God by saying, Fine. <laughs> and I'm just being real with you. All right. Sometimes we just need to be obedient and eventually our heart will follow. But you need to get past your feelings. By the way, folks, do you control how the person responds that you share with? 
No. That should be such a load off your shoulders. You're not responsible for how they respond. That's not on you. Those three stories I shared to begin our sermon, uh, the shop owner and the co-workers and the relative, did all those stories end with that person falling on their knees and asking Jesus into the heart? No. It might eventually. That, that's part of sharing your one. Sometimes you're just one of the many ones who share with somebody until God finally gets a hold of their heart. Bottom line, no excuses. Doesn't matter if you are homebound, a senior citizen, a busy caretaker, a busy parent. If you pray for an opportunity, even in your busy lifestyle, God will give you that opportunity. Doesn't matter if you're sitting in here, a middle school or high school student, and you're not worried, you're worried about not looking cool. Forget that. You are commanded to share. Introvert, extrovert, New Christian, none of that matters. God will give you the words to say if you are obedient and willing. All right, as we close up here, let me emphasize prayer one more time. Uh, Jackson, would you bring up the next slide, please? Everyone, would you please grab this? 30-day prayer guide. 30-day prayer guide. All right, so folks in this, we, I, I wrote the SBC and they sent like 200 of these. So we got plenty of extra here at church. So folks at home, you contact the church, contact me, contact the church, and we can get this to you. We can send it to you electronically, we can mail it to you, or we'll drop it off at your house. But this is a powerful book. So the, the, for the at-home folks, the uh, onus is on you. You have to go that extra step and ask for it, and, and I'm not... Don't know why you wouldn't, but this is a powerful book. It's 30 days, and every day has a verse and then a prayer based on that verse for your one. In fact, it has blanks where you will say the name of your one. I'm telling you, folks, you go through this for 30 days, and God will not let that person off your heart for all of 2021, and you will have an opportunity to share. So this is really important. Something else that folks in the sanctuary have is, is a bookmark. Um, it just replicates the, the prayer dates. And it's okay if you don't have this at home. But grab this for a second, folks, if you will, please. If you don't have one, again, please raise your hand, Wade or, or Pastor John or somebody will give you one. This is important. The top of it is perforated. And it says, who's your one? In a few minutes, guys, I'm going to ask you to write the name of your one. Oh, Tom, I need time. I need weeks to think about this. And, and, and I get that, some of us. But I also know the longer things go, the more vague they become and the less likely they are to happen. So I'm going to ask you to identify that person today. And in a few minutes, you're going to come up here. <gasps> Tom, I'm not getting out of my seat. All right, we need to get out of our comfort boxes. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to come up here and put it in this basket right here because the deacons and elders are going to pray over those names through 2021. Now, you don't need to write it down because you'll have it in your heart, but we'll use it up here. Folks online, if, depending on what platform you're on, you might have a chat or a messenger. You can send that in and somebody in the back there will write your name down or when you call in for your prayer guide, just give us the name then and we'll include it in our prayers. 
I'll come up here once every month for our evangelism ministry moment and ask this question. And, and Pastor John worded this the other day. He said, are you praying for and sharing with your one? And I wrote it down. I loved it. Summarize it. Are you praying for and sharing with your one? So worship team, right now I'd like you to put your one on the card. And would you guys come up, put your card in, and then come up and get ready for your song. For the rest of you, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm respectfully requesting might happen. When the music starts, you'll write your one down. You'll come up and you'll put it in this basket. This is our prayer altar. It doesn't matter to me if you stand or kneel, but I'm going to ask you very short prayer. You're praying for two things. It might look something like this. I'm going to put mine in, and I'm just going to turn and ask God to help me be diligent in 2021 to share, and please, Lord, open the eyes and ears of my one. Because Tom thinks it's never going to happen. But I know with God it can Okay, so fill out your card right now. As soon as the music starts, you may come up and put your card in, say a quick prayer up here, and then return to your seats. Worship team.